Welcome everybody to another video of a matter of life and death. Today we'll be, we will be discussing uh, Studio Pro 8.2.1 because yes. uh, Mendix was pretty quick with releasing a hotfix for a bug that I think was pretty nasty. Pretty nasty, yeah. It was, um, let's read it out loud. We fixed an issue where the creation of a deployment package failed when the project contained a native navigation profile. Now I, th I think that's worth, worth a release. Hot, worth a hotfix, yeah. 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 So um, that's the only thing that was in hotfix. So I'd say let's get cracking on 8.2. Well, one of the big new features in Mendix 8.2 is the possibility to use paging in a data source microflow. Yep. Right? Yep. So what happens when you... Um, create a data grid and you select a microflow as a source, then Studio Pro will present you with a pop-up that says, do you want to create a uh, context data view? Uh, the context data view will be based on a system entity. Mm -hmm. The system entity is called paging. It holds a few attributes that you can use to create custom sorting and, and pagina pagination with. Mm -hmm. uh, I think brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, so when you auto-generate those things, you will get a nanoflow for p for pagination, you will get a uh, nanoflow that will create the context mm -hmm. data view uh, object for you. And you can you can use it in, I think, especially integrations. Yeah. Oh. Because we recreated the Rick and Morty example used yeah. in, uh, in the Mendix blog. Yeah. What was your take on it? Um, it was done before I even noticed. It was mm -hmm. so fast and so easy to set up. It's um, these things make uh, make a great improvement, I would say. Yeah. The only downside um, is that you can't use the the sorting in a database retrieve. Yeah, because you get the sorting attribute as a string yeah. in the pagination object. Um, exactly. Which you can't really translate to an attribute in a retrieve from database, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the the paging is also in the paging object. The paging attributes are in mm -hmm. the paging object as well. But with some calculations, you could technically calculate your limit and your offset. Exactly. So you could use paging um, with a database retrieve. Yeah. So all in all, a pretty good feature, I would say. Absolutely, I see some use cases in, in some of our projects already. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Yep. Another new feature is the ability to use constant in your pages. Yeah, in your pages and in your nanoflows. Okay. Small uh, so si side note. So they're available in the client. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good way to summarize it. Uh, which comes with its own little checkbox in a constant because mm -hmm. you might want to be cautious when exposing constants to your client. Mm -hmm. Because, Obviously. well, usually constants hold sensitive data like passwords or whatever. Mm -hmm. And obviously you want to, well, take note when you expose constants to your client. Yep. Um, but if you do, that means that you can use constants in, for example, uh, visibility on a page, in mm -hmm. uh, visibility expressions, yep. um, editability expressions, and in nanoflows. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, in, in some of our projects, we, we have a um, 
an object that holds the uh, environment variable, so to say. So if it's a test acceptance or production environment, yeah. stuff like that is now no longer necessary because you can put it in a, in a constant, send it to the client, and then you can base some of the things that you want to show yeah. on that constant. For example, yeah. Yeah. Good addition. Very good addition. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that technically was already possible with a little, well, a little hacky maybe, but still, uh, you can now call a microflow from a nanoflow. Mm -hmm. And when I say it was previously possible, is you could create a JavaScript action that would yeah. use mx.data.action to call a microflow. It now is available out of the box. You can literally drag your microflow in your nanoflow. Mm -hmm. Works good. And it works as, as expected. Yeah. So, yeah. It sends a request to your XAS and works basically like any other microflow yeah. call. Yeah. So, a little side note with this feature is that you can only use it in web apps or online hybrid apps. Yeah. So, offline, it's not available, which makes sense. Throughout Mendix 8 releases, we've seen some good improvements to uh, to React Native. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that this is just constantly being pushed to its limits and Tip seeing what yeah, seeing what else is possible. I, th I think so, so much more. But one of the things that Mendix uh, pointed out now specifically is uh, native animations, yep. which gives your app that that touch of flashiness, yeah, I think, yeah. that we all want from our applications, yeah. which was difficult to achieve with PhoneGap. Yeah, it was. You had to put a lot of effort in to get somewhere close. Mm -hmm. And um, well, obviously with this uh, announcement, it's it's just that much easier. So yeah. uh, much needed improvement, I would say, when yeah. building uh, native applications. Yeah. One more thing about this. Uh, I think Mendix released a specific widget for this. True, yeah. So um, we are going to do a, a video on React Native somewhere in the near future. Yep. And that's, I think, the perfect time to, to look at this uh, in more detail. But it's, uh, it's good to know that there are widgets available also for native applications that, well, also enhance applications. Yeah. Um, enhance native the application. native feel. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. And then um, a whole different topic, mm -hmm. flexible environments. Yep, what's that? So we got used to having a, a test and acceptance and a production environment in the, yep. the cloud portal. Mm -hmm. uh, now with cloud version 4, you are no longer limited to those three environments. You can basically uh, ask support for another environment, which I think will cost you a bit of money. Probably, um, yeah. But you can rearrange those and... Um, Create your own development street, street yeah. cycle, whatever. Yeah, so that's that's, that's pretty cool. You're no longer limited to three environments mm -hmm. for one application, but uh, do what you want basically. Yep. And it's also that this is only available if you have an enterprise license. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. So <laughs> if you don't, and you go like, yay! Oh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I think this is extremely useful in uh, in some cases, especially if you have big applications, uh, multiple uh, people 
people who need to test. Yeah, CICD uh, pipelines with staging environments, for example, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, great. Yeah. One of the, I think, more interesting things to mm -hmm. discuss uh, is Calypso. 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 <laughs> yeah, it always makes me. <laughs> ever since I read the blog post, I, was, I have to think of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. yeah such a Theodoma reference. Theodoma, yeah. But okay, uh, this is not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Calypso is something else. It's uh, basically a SOS compiler. Mm -hmm. Easy for when you want to style your applications. So no longer write directly to CSS files, but use the SCSS files. Um, well, can you tell us a bit about what Calypso does for us? Why, why would we want to use Calypso? Um, well, for one, it's built by Mendix, and we love using stuff built by Mendix. <laughs> and uh, one of the cool features that Calypso has is browser sync. Mm -hmm. So when you change something in your SCSS file, and Calypso notices the change, it recompiles your uh, SCSS into CSS, yeah. but it will also copy those files to your deployment directory and inject the CSS into your running application. Uh -huh, so the yeah. browser will automatically be updated and mm -hmm. you instantly will notice your change. Oh, that's nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So no longer rerunning for a small uh, CSS change. Mm -hmm. I would definitely use this as a SAS compiler now. Yeah, I'm uh, interested to, to use this. Yeah. It has everything we need and more. True. And dark mode. Dark, dark <laughs> mode. Oh, yeah. We're all fan of that, right? Yeah. And what I'm curious about, I think it works. Uh, this is not limited to Mendix 8. It's an Atlas UI product. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it sh we should be able to use this with Mendix 7. Yeah, we should. We should. We'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> This is a topic we haven't uh, discussed in uh, these videos yet, but mm -hmm. um, there were so many changes that we had to name them, and they yeah. are pretty good changes because there are a lot of changes um, in Studio now. Exactly. So previously the web modeler. Yeah. Now Studio, they made a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. And Sh um, should we start with the the basics of Studio? What we what we think about it? Or no. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about it? <laughs> Um, what what I think of uh, Mendix Studio is um, at f at first is when 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 it was positioned, I didn't really know what to think of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it felt like it was somehow going to replace Studio Pro, and I didn't quite fancy that. But now I think they found a way to to position Mendix Studio for the less technical the the, the, the business users who have some idea on on what they want to build. Um, and now they have a, a tool set, a, a limited but easy tool set yeah. to, c to create their first application yeah. with that you could go to uh, to someone more technical in, in your uh, company with saying, hey, this is what I built. What do you think of it? Does this make sense? Can we use this on a bigger scale? And, and that's how I think new applications could be born in, in a, as of now, maybe in a f yeah. few years. So Studio is positioned as a separate no-code application, a web application, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's perfect for collaboration. Yeah. So if one user has added functionality mm -hmm. and other users have read-only yeah. functionality, 
then the read-only users are immediately updated. Another thing um, <coughs> is editability and input validations. Apparently, yeah. this was not yet possible in uh, in Studio. True. I think really important when you want to build applications, conditional editability, visibility, yeah. um, input validations. The downside of this is obviously that it's done on domain model level, yeah. but I think this is something that we cannot expect from studio users to know. No, exactly. As, uh, as studio is focused on maybe proof of concepting apps, yeah. it's fine, I would say. True. Yeah. Um, so from the studio editor, you can now add sorting for list views and data grids mm -hmm. in your properties window. So that's pretty uh, pretty useful as well. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live without it anyway. Mm -hmm. True. Um, the consistency checks we mentioned in the last video yep. uh, for Studio Pro have been b uh, altered a bit for Studio. So I think they're the, they're, they're, they are a bit less technical now and um, uh, more user-friendly. Yeah, they give more guidance. Yeah, so on, on it's, it's like this can be fixed in the properties window. Exactly. Yeah. That's a very good move. Yeah. And we have also seen some overall... Uh, quality of life updates, so to say. Yeah. Um, the date picker widget that we you can now set between date, date, time, time, or something custom. Yeah. Something we're also used to in Studio Pro, but I think very useful in Studio as well. Yeah, sure. Um, and the drop-down widget that is now for both enumerations and reference sets. Yeah. Great move. Great move. Yep. I would like to see that in Studio Pro as well, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So. Uh, Small tip. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the list with new features. Yeah. Now well, onto some improvements. Improvements. Yeah. JavaScript actions have been improved. I think that's the m the main thing to take away from this release. Yeah. Um, what can we tell about this? Um, you can now use some functionalities that are present in ES 2018, mm -hmm. like uh, async wait, okay. for example. So you have you have more capabilities in your JavaScript actions. So if you're a JavaScript developer, then this release has a, a lot of features that you would like. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. This should ring a bell for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for you, it should. Yeah. Um, and like like we're used when Java when developing Java actions, mm -hmm. uh, you have the begin user code, end user code, and the begin extra code and end extra code. Okay. Yep. That's now also included in JavaScript actions. That's great. So that's like a way to um, organize your action. Mm hmm That's pretty pretty neat. Yeah, that's that's very neat. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep your JavaScript actions neat. <laughs> And one final thing that you should keep in mind when developing JavaScript actions is that they get minified when you deploy to production. Yeah. So they are no longer debuggable. And they're no longer big in size. Big in size. True that. Yeah. So that's that's the main reason. That's the main reason for yeah. Yeah. So there are some other random improvements and or fixes. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people ran into the issue that on iOS 12.2, mm -hmm. uh, yep. the keyboard didn't pop up when focusing on an input field. That's annoying. That's pretty annoying, I would yep. uh, I would say. Another thing that's been improved is the, um, the handling of one-to-one -one associations mm -hmm. where the owner 
has been set to both. Okay. Uh, I think we ran into this issue a couple of times uh, because not all objects or members were set correctly. Yep. Uh, objects weren't committed properly, so there's always like, well, commit this object, but as explicitly commit the other object as well mm -hmm. as a sort of workaround. Yeah. 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 Um, that's been fixed. And finally, <coughs> um, I think this is a, this is a pretty nice one. The autocomplete function has been updated once again uh, for the good. Yeah. Uh, it makes a better match now. It's it displays the best match first, which wasn't always the case. No. In, in some cases, you would want to set a uh, attribute, and it would automatically point to associations. Yeah, At least exactly. that's what I noticed. Yeah. Uh, and this is oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, good I fix. Agree. Yeah. There's one big thing we have to mention. It's a known issue yeah. that um, if you use the extract markflow or the newly added extract nanoflow, nanoflow mm -hmm. um, when you do and you save it and you close Studio Pro, the contents of your sub markflow or sub nanoflow can get lost. So hmm. it, if you reopen your project, that sub-nanoflow or sub-markflow can be empty. Okay. So to work around this, make a small change, make a small manual change in your sub-flow, uh, change the position of one of the activities. Okay, yeah. Press save, and Easy you can enough. safely shut down Studio Pro. It's a bit of an annoyance, but at least there's a workaround. Yeah, but I do hope this gets fixed uh, rather Soon. sooner than later. Done. Luckily, it's not something that we do on a daily basis, I would say. No. Uh, otherwise, th this would have been a, a, a breaking issue for me, if a reason not to use this version of Studio Pro. Yeah, yeah. So th that's it for this release, right? Yeah, it's, it's quite a lot, huh? It's a, it's a pretty big release. I thought they would uh, <laughs> get, s get smaller yeah. over time <laughs> than when we started doing this for 8.0. Yeah. 8.0 was a big release, 8.1 a bit smaller, and this is another big release big in my uh, yeah. in my book. Yeah. So uh, kudos to yes. the, the R&D team. They've uh, really outdone themselves uh, yeah. this time. So if they keep this up for the few coming releases, then... Back uh, to oh environment. Yeah. True. I have a feeling that they are listening to us as as developers as a community really well. Yeah, more and more I would say. More the lighters stuff that makes building applications so much quicker. Yeah. And that's that's what we see happening. All the annoyances from, from past years, they're one by one knocking them out of Studio Pro. Yeah. And uh making uh making things better for us to develop applications. Yeah. I hope they, they do maintain the quality we're used to because mm -hmm. we did run into some crashes yeah. when uh using 8.2.1, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, so I do hope they keep up quality checks and uh, yeah. make yep. sure that that doesn't happen too often because that's uh, that's pretty annoying. Yeah, things that we noticed were, for example, pasting. Uh, well, we we tried implementing the Rick and Morty API. Yeah, we copy pasted the JSON snippet, uh, and when pasting it, it gave us an error. Yeah. Um, because there was some, there was there a, was a, a common tag in the JSON. Yeah, and, and when removing it, it still didn't take. We had to close 
the JSON snippet, open it again, and then paste it, and then it did work. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. And on my laptop, Calypso didn't work. True. Which is a shame because yeah. I have a space in the path to the to where Calypso is installed. There's no uh, way that you can select where you want to install Calypso. Yeah, because so it's installed in your app data folder. Exactly. And since I use my full name uh, to log into my computer, I have spaces yeah. in it. Yeah. And that's when it crashes. And in your case, you don't. And uh, on your PC, it works. It works, yeah. So also something to keep in mind. Yeah, if you do run into these kind of things, please submit a ticket. Yes. Because these annoyances we'd like to see fixed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if that, if we keep on doing that, then we'll we'll get a nice, feature-full and robust Studio Pro. Yeah, I, I would think say. I think it's safe to say that if we scratch Mannix's back, they will scratch ours. So uh, it goes both ways. Yeah. So get scratching. <laughs> get scratching. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thanks for watching. <laughs>